0: welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite youtube podcast duo or at least one of them it kind of depends and probably some rando too but no complaining because this is free free this is beauty and the beta bonus audio content Hello and welcome to the show. Today, I was a guest over on the Plebeian Media Channel. We talked whether or not it's principled to accept the election results, what to do about an ever-encroaching left, should we stand our ground and fight, or should we retreat in the hope of finally being left alone? It was a philosophical and practical discussion about what to do when quote-unquote President-elect Joe Biden becomes quote-unquote President Biden and beyond. If you like what you hear, And I hope that you will. Check out the Plebeian Media channel using the links in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy.
1: Every now and again, I I get to talk to somebody that I think needs less introduction than I could possibly give them. Uh, And apparently, based on all of you guys' reaction to this, that is Matt. So Matt uh, Christensen of the Beauty and the Beta podcast, links are in the description, Uh, has his own uh, channel. Matt Christensen Media, I think these days is what we're calling it. I don't know. I'm I'm from the Skag days,
0: so. Oh, so you've been hanging around a long time. Uh, yeah, the the website is mattchristensenmedia.com, dot com, but the channel just under my name, Matt Christensen, that's been operating for, I don't know, a few years now, just under my uh, my regular name. You've been hanging around since the video game days, if just, you know that name. Just barely. You were you were yeah. still just
1: putting out video game content. Uh, yeah. And it, I think it was right around the time he started streaming with Blonde. Um, but that said, I have, uh, I have big sales jobs to give you, I think. Okay. Which is to say that um, one of the, of the things that I got handed when I, I said that I would be talking to you, and I think you are tagged in it on Twitter, is um, losing gracefully is acceptable. And so hmm. I guess I should start there. Uh, yeah. If if sticking to our principles infinitely forces us to lose gracefully, should we be doing that?
0: Well, I think if you lose by the principles that you seek to uphold, there's no shame in that. The great question right now is, did we lose by the principles we seek to uphold? Did we? And, and I assume you're talking about the election, obviously. Hmm. But you, or, or just is I'm there not, a specific context, you mean?
1: Uh, overall. Uh, so, I mean, the, the election there, I guess I should give you better context than that. So uh, it is my standing principle that basically everyone is consi- consistently losing to the radical left, uh, not mm. just in the United States, but across the globe. Uh, Hmm. every year we watch them gain ground. Uh, you know, it it is nice to see critical race theory, uh, come out of the schools. Um, it's coming back. (laughs) There's no two ways about that. The next president will invariably, regardless if it's in two months or five years say, oh no, this critical race theory thing is fine. And so in a, a much more, I don't know, meta overarching sense, should we should we be losing my principles and carrying on anyhow?
0: Well, I I would push back a little bit that the left is gaining influence everywhere. If we accept the election, if we accept the results as legitimate currently, yeah, the presidency was lost. But there were a lot of gains elsewhere. You've, you've seen gains in the House. You should hold on to the Senate, although I say. If uh, the two seats are lost in Georgia, all principles are out the window. That shit was rigged. I, I don't <laughs> care about anything after that. But your point, your point is taken that um, there are losses and, and sometimes you you take those losses. I guess the question as it, as it applies to this entire election is, did you in fact lose by your own principles? Did we in fact lose by a fair transparent election and everybody's trying to sort out that, that, uh, that question right now. Um, I would say that in terms of investigation, it's too early to tell. Uh, We we don't have all the facts people are working on assembling those facts, but I don't think that anybody who's out there wanting to go at this fight, this fact finding fight is betraying principles. I think there are enough eyebrows raised enough oddities about this election that we got to try to get to the bottom of it. And I'm not mad at anybody who isn't ready to, lay down for supposed president-elect Joe Biden. Um, so in,
1: in the context of the election, then, uh, just within the past 48 hours, um, the, the judge in Georgia, whose name I forget because I'm terrible with names, said you're not allowed to go after this data. Okay, I'm reversing that. Okay, you're not allowed to go after this data again. There was some legal reasoning behind it, and it's not as ridiculous as it sounds. Yeah. But about five minutes after he issued the last order, uh, I started getting articles of all of the election system. Uh, Computers had crashed in Georgia, and just for some reason, this just convenient timing was going to hold up recounts, and we didn't know what was going to be available, and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And... So this this is sort of the problem with this, in my opinion, because the people that I think we're dealing with are very clearly willing to cheat to win. Um, and this is, in my opinion, to be fair, because after a certain number of coincidences, I don't think it's coincidence anymore. You know, it just, all of the vote tallies that were incorrect just happened to have gone for Biden. That's yeah. the wildest accident in the world. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what, at what point is a series of coincidences evidence of shenanigans? I, I, personally, I'm with you. I think we're beyond that point. I think you have a couple questions here. One, to what degree do you have to respect and acknowledge a president you don't believe to be legitimately elected? And then two, if that happens, if he enters the Oval Office, to what degree does he wield his power? If if the President of the United States just sets sits aside and doesn't violate my rights, uh, I don't actually care that much who sits in the Oval Office. And obviously, I want that process to be legitimate and transparent and accountable. But if you're not meddling with my life, it it doesn't matter as much to me in the day to day. If Joe Biden gets into office and starts doing the sorts of things that he's been talking about by executive action, because presumably he won't have the Senate, though that remains to be decided. I think that's when you're going to see the serious conflict, because one, if you're telling me that I have to, that we have a president who many do not believe to be legitimate, and two, that he's exercising extra constitutional authority on behalf of power he, well, half the country doesn't believe he actually has. Yeah, I, I think at that point you're talking about some serious pushback that would be that would come against him.
1: Well, I I think the uh, the term for that. Colloquially, online is the big igloo, uh, or the
0: boot. Uh, yeah, the Hawaiian shirt hootenanny <laughs> is my preferred term, but yeah. Um, uh, we shall see. I think the great fear about Joe Biden is uh, the degree to which he is a puppet. Who, for whom, is he a puppet? Who is the real puller of those strings? Well, uh, I, I don't know. You got your
1: tinfoil hat ready because there's you know there's plenty Always. of discussion to have. Um, you know that. I don't think it's that big of a stretch to say that the U.N. has some control here. They have that, that mm. happy little uh, Build Back Better scheme. They've been talking for years that Boris Johnson is now talking about, that Joe Biden is now talking about, that uh, whatever that idiot up there in Canada is talking about.
0: <laughs> well, so I'm not – I've seen people talking about this. You'll have to tell me because I'm not very familiar. But the Build Back Better, it was Joe Biden's little campaign thing. But it, did it? it was used by other people or it's part of some – yeah, massive uh, network of people saying that. What's the so deal?
1: So did you? I, I think you did a video on the girl that was. Uh, I don't own anything, and I don't have a family, and uh, you know I have no privacy, and I couldn't be happier. Um, there uh, was, I don't know. I don't remember that one. So, but it was floating around the internet. Um, I don't know about a month back now, mm-hmm. and it's this idea that exactly what she's talking about, right? There will be no private property. I mean, it's communism, uh, and sure. that you know. Um, 1984 style of lack of privacy, and all of these kinds of things, and the the slogan that they were distributing this under was "Build Back Better." That we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. have uh, the Green New Deal on steroids. That um, you know we're gonna get rid of cars, and there will just be community property cars that go around. Um, and the UN's version of the slogan was "Build Back Better." And then, again, the, the list of names appropriate all started uh, when Boris Johnson did that thing where he said, I'm not a communist. The thing that he was talking about was the Green New Deal on steroids and how they okay. were going to build back better. Um,
0: and, with, with coronavirus being the pretext for all of this, is that the idea? Or is it just build back better generally?
1: Uh, coronavirus is the pretext. I'm sorry, Chat informs me it's the World Economic Forum, and they are correct. Fair enough. Um, but uh, yes, the, this was the uh, we're, you know basically AOC's Green New Deal, except in various places worse. And this was going to be the way that we were going to get back to this, uh, yeah. This this new economic idea of the world that everybody was going to be in on. Mm-hmm. Um, forgive me if I don't want to be in on this, but you know, um, it's pretty pervasive, and they're most of the the various global organizations are are into this sort of thing at some point this is why i asked if you had your tinfoil hat ready because this is what we all made fun of alex jones for for the last 20 years (laughs) except that they're now like openly advertising it and you know 2020 i'm pretty sure is the year of alex jones was right
0: yeah i saw um Owen Schroer of Infowars uh, rallying a crowd. I think it was at one of the Stop the Steel rallies or something. But that's that's what he was saying was uh, Alex Jones was right is probably the most uttered statement of 2020. Could be <laughs> <And it laughs> mantra might. of the year, I suppose. Yeah. Ex- exactly. If you know, if the year gets a headline, it should be that.
1: Um, yeah. But the you know the the premises of these things, Biden hasn't released a lot of policy of substance on this, but. Biden hadn't released a lot of policy of substance on anything. So I don't know if that's an indicator of anything relevant here. But if if it is, you know, I'm going to tag on to the general movement here. There's some pretty big worries about what comes next, uh, specifically hmm. if they take Georgia, because um, you know, well, will specifically the Senate race in Georgia, because then. Presumably they will have 51 uh, percent of the Senate and that's all that really matters because uh, they still have the House. So we'll get all kinds of weird stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't look forward to that. And I, I assuming that there is, in fact, a free and fair election, I, I would not be optimistic for the Democrats uh, to take those Senate seats. Just because I think that any if you buy these election results as real, they were motivated by what? A hatred for Trump joe biden is the not trump candidate he capitalized on that he he squeaked by in a few states where he had to 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 get to to earn the presidency but if you remove trump from the ballot you don't have the anti-trump motive you also have a whole bunch of really pissed off not democrats be they conservatives libertarians just opposition to the democratic party who want to make sure that these people do not have unchecked power so i i i remain optimistic about georgia that said Uh, I did not. Well, I expected shenanigans coming into this election, of course. I mean, I I didn't expect the Democrats to be to lose on principle in the way we just started this discussion. I I don't think they spent four years thinking about how to persuade the American voter. I think they spent about four years thinking about how they could win at the cost of pretty much anything else. Well, that
1: that poses another question, though, right unto itself, which is to say that regardless of whether or not you think the the election was stolen, and make no mistake, I do, Um, if 50% of the country thinks the election was stolen, which Mm -hmm. it's close enough, right? 49 to 51 or whatever, they're they're out touting that we have some razor-thin majority. Then at some point or another, you're going to you know, why bother voting is going to be a very relevant question. You know, if they're just going to steal the election. And I lived in California for a bunch of years, and this is basically the California conservative point of view, is yeah. that, uh, you know, what what's the point, right? Uh, even if they're not stealing the elections, we can't beat Los Angeles and San Francisco, so why bother? And you still get three to five million votes from conservatives in California, but the state probably has at least that many again but they can't be the, uh, you know la and and Frisco so they don't care yeah. but these are also the people who I happen to know for certain are moving into the hills buying cannons hand grenades and m16s so <laughs> um, yeah dear California gun laws enjoy um, yeah it is a real serious problem if you have 50% of the most well-armed country on the planet saying well we can't get political wins anymore.
0: Yeah. And what you're describing is exactly the reason it's so key to keep power local and decentralized because whatever, when you look, take a look at your own ballot, your, your individual vote for the president of the United States doesn't matter that much. It's, well, it certainly doesn't matter relative to your vote for your local state legislator or your vote for your city councilman. And if we had a country, if we operated our country by its original design, where all this stuff was supposed to be left to localities in your state and and you you had much more of a say i think there'd be much more genuine interest in civic engagement in that way that's the country that i want to return to but to your point does that country become a reality by the federal government voluntarily releasing its grip does that ever happen (laughs) Does, does, does centralized authority ever have a sudden philosophical awakening and say you know that's probably too much power in my hands going to release some of it. I'm going to give it back. The thing that that it's terrifying in the way you're describing it's that sort of thing never happens through a a voluntary gift or voluntary exercise like that power consolidates. And then there's revolution power Mm -hmm. consolidates. And then there's revolution. And I don't say that with any eagerness for that fight. I don't, I just want to be left alone. I don't want to fight anybody, but if they're consolidating power and they insist on meddling in your life, through that uh, central authority. Well, you know, what what other choice is there
1: on on that front? Uh, I think that the forgive the reference, but the "I just want a grill" meme has to die. Yeah. Uh, it, it has to because look if you if you were to set and I any hard line of like, well, if the government was doing X, Y, or Z. I would, uh, I, you know, it'd be time to pick up arms and it'd be time to go get up and get after it. Or even it would be time to uh, just literally vote out everybody because this mm-hmm. is, you know, if you spend any time with those lines, you will find out very quickly that they're all crossed, all of them, right? Um, and then you get called a conspiracy theorist, but uh, it, it tends to be true, you know, if a lot of the you know the QAnon guys and, and Alex Jones have talked about uh, big giant federal pedophile rings, but if you looked through that Finders documentation that dropped what the end of last year, that's what you're talking about. If you if you look at uh, FBI and Marshall raids of child traffickers, you find out that the majority of them came from. Um, Child Protective Services, taking children away from parents and then giving mm. them to, uh, you know, the, the foster parents who then don't report them missing. Uh, and that was in Arizona. Mm. You know, the, I mean, the things that I think most people would call a hard line are long ago. And we still end up in this situation where we all want to be left alone. By people who inherently won't leave us alone, because if they were willing to stop, you know, Texas would be a wild right-wing paradise where everybody had a gun, and California would be a ridiculous—you know—it would be the USSR. That's what it would be.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to deny. I mean, the, the the lockdowns and and all the coronavirus restrictions are case in the point that you're making. I remember when all this stuff broke out in March, and I thought, wow, this is uh, this seems like some. Weird stuff. This seems kind of legally suspect, but okay. All right. 15 days to slow the spread. All right, here we go. And now we're month 10 or whatever. And and not only are, not only is uh, about half the country not suspicious, they beg for more. Can I bend over more? Can I spread my cheeks wider? Please daddy government. Tell me, tell me how many people can come over if I'm a good boy for Thanksgiving. It's uh, it's very worrisome just because, uh, yeah, liberty, freedom, these things live in the hearts of the people. If the people don't want them first, they have no hope of surviving in government. So, uh, I, yeah, I have a lot of worries about just our, our cultural values and, and who we want to be as a country. I don't think that who the country I want to see, the country uh, I presume you probably want to see, has, is in any way compatible with the people who want the government literally telling you how many friends can come over for the holidays.
1: mm. It certainly isn't. And and this poses another problem, right? Because I I don't care if the government, if the CDC does what basically they're doing now, right? Where they, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Fauci gets up on TV and he says ridiculous and stupid things. And then a bunch of people follow them on their own. That's fine. The yes. problem with these people is that they are insistent that you are, are compelled to follow this same line. And I don't think that's new. Uh, There has effectively always been a group of people in this country who have thought that. But at this point, they have a lot of political power. And everybody who doesn't agree with them, and I guess I should provide my definition of left and right now for the sake of the rest of this conversation, which is to (laughs) say people to the left of Mao and all the rest of us, right? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. And the all the rest of us portion tend to not care. We tend to be, uh, even the more politically aware group of those people tend to be mostly want to left alone, uh, mostly, you know, everybody's conservative about what they know best type things. But we compromise with these people and we pretend like it's a good thing. We we go to them and they we say we we want to be bipartisan. And then the next thing that comes out of their mouth is have you considered Soviet Russia? And we go, well, how about we you half of that. And then we act like yeah. that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, to to function as a country or or any group that gets along really you need a set of shared values, a set of fundamental principles. Uh, Basically, we've organized this country around the Bill of Rights as a concept, other themes of the Declaration and the Constitution. But I've framed this as you have half the it's a battle of Bill of Rights or not. Do you want that set of values or do you not? And if the answer is no, we can't share a country. There's no way you can compromise on, Okay, uh, we'll have some free speech. Well, that's not free speech. Okay, we'll protect some rights to defend yourself. Well, that's that's not the right to defend yourself. Well, this, if you don't protect these things as universals, they don't exist.
1: This sort of poses the question, what do you do about it, right? And hmm. the, if we can't have a country thing uh, is is where I generally get, well, yeah, that's why we should, we should balkanize, we should secede, we should all go, or, you know, let yeah. let let the coasts have commie America and, and we will have uh, gun-toting, Bible-thumping, uh, you know, right-wing America. And... The problem that I have with that is if that was going to work back to USSR California and, uh, you know, freedom-loving center of the country. Because these people got told, you can go to your state, you can make your own crazy progressive utopia, just leave us alone. And the first thing that they said was, that's not good enough. We have to impose this on you. And I spend a lot of time with Stalin because I think he's probably more influential of this this century than any of us would like to admit. And for Stalin and all of the various communists of the 20th century and every other Marxist uh, output that you had of that time, this was a global war. And it was not to be stopped until they had conquered everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's naive of us to not uh, understand that they still hold that point of view whatever... Down the road permutations we're looking at now.
0: Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what to do about it. I, I, I w- I'd be willing to move to any part of the country for the promise of being left alone in the way you describe. I will pack up. I will leave my home. I'll build a new home somewhere else if you just promise to leave me alone. They never will. I, the ideal solution that you're describing is a voluntary separation, where and- where we have some sort of mutual pact. Not to interfere with each other. You guys do your weird commie stuff. We'll stick with America too. But but even if we had separate sovereign countries, and even if we built a big beautiful wall between the between the two, would they would they leave us alone to be racist in our own country, for example? Can I don't think they would. They they want world domination in align in alignment with their worldview. Uh, But the trouble is they have to steal from everyone and they have to uh, just violate everyone's rights to achieve that sort of thing. So they can't leave you alone to achieve their goal. They have to control you.
1: And it's um, I I would suggest that it goes in some ways further than that. Um, But the premise remains the same. Uh, And so Mm. this this is why I can't get behind, you know, give me Super America, and leave leave the lunatics alone. Um, and equally, why I can't get behind retreating in general. I know it's the inclination of again everybody to the right of Mao's. Just leave me alone and do your stupid things somewhere else. Uh, at some point, this this has to move from uh, leave me alone. I can't do this because I have children. To we have to stop this for our children. And that line is, I think, being crossed right now. It it is amazing how many people I see saying, I'm not going to let my kids put up with this these days.
0: Yeah. And I think what you're talking about is a massive deficiency that exists in, well, who you describe as everyone to the left of Mao. But generally the leave me alone people... obviously if that is the philosophy with which you operate and you have a job and kids and you have a meaningful life that you have to tend to outside of politics, that is your inclination. But generally what that means too is we oftentimes have uh, less organization, less uh, cohesion. We just kind of want to be left alone in our home and do our own thing and uh, and that's about it. But uh, I, I've realized throughout this, I need to know my neighbors better. I need to be more organized with them. I need to know that if yeah, not that it's likely, but if uh, if Antifa comes through here and wants to, uh, you know, have a George Floyd memorial riot, that we could put a stop to that sort of thing. I think that if everyone did that on a very local scale, maybe there would be a chance. That is to say, if you want to if you want to come into our town and impose this kind of stuff, you're going to face serious pushback. I guess the question would be, do you have critical mass where you live? Hmm. Because even if I You know, trouble for me, I live in um, this kind of trending blue part of Montana that's being invaded by all the Californians seeking refuge from their own, the consequences of their own communist votes. (laughs) And I have all the influx of the uh, out-of-state college kids who come here with no skin in the game and vote for every tax increase they've ever seen. I have plenty of neighbors who I know I could trust if things got really bad. But do I have enough of them? And if I don't have enough of them, do I have a choice but to move?
1: I don't don't think... um... I don't think that's going to help in the long run. Um, hmm. It will be an immediate win, and I will cite the town that I live in. I live in Amarillo, Texas. Okay. And when Dallas was burning, when Austin was burning, uh, before that that guy uh, shot the Antifa dude with the AK, you know, the, the first week oh, of yeah. George, be- the first yeah. week of George Floyd riots, when everything was burning, uh, my local police department put out a. Um, uh, a memorandum or something to the the town at large that said effectively and they said it nicer than this but it said we respect your right to free speech we're happy to be down there and and watch you protest and help keep you safe but if you riot we'll put you down yes and at the same time that the cops were out there there were hundreds of people in the streets in full tactical gear saying go ahead and riot we're we're just Whenever you're ready, we're waiting. <laughs> in, a, in a shocking turn of events, you did not hear about Amarillo, Texas burning down in national news.
0: That's great. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the sort of thing that has to happen, I think. Uh, but, I, but I would invite your thoughts on this. Like if, if, if retreating is not the right option, is that the right option? Is it local organization preparedness? What are we supposed to do, those of us who don't want to be pushed around? Uh, What are we supposed to do other than seek refuge elsewhere? Is it uh, get tactical gear and organize with our neighbors? Is that what we do?
1: So, uh, again, it solves the immediate problem, right? Amarillo didn't burn. Uh, Everybody's stores were fine. That was great. Um, So I can't say anything against it. Certainly uh, having people out there in the streets armed to the teeth makes everybody get real polite real fast. Yes. But... The problem with this is there's there's no long run here. And this is another thing the right is not very good at is political warfare. Uh, I I would suggest that the left has been engaging in political warfare in this country for about a century. And the right or again, the previous definition of left and right. kind of doesn't. They, they just, uh, it's not that bad. You know, the, the Affordable Care Act being repealed is a prime example. They're, you know, well, you know, we'll try. And then somehow we let them go. And I think to some degree the answer is going to be creating what amounts to the right-wing justice Democrats, the, the squad, hmm. as, as it were, and taking the same kind of, um publicly, uh, over-the-top kind of stop-the-madness things. Um, there's There's a premise that socialists created a bunch of years ago called permeation that is relative here, right? So if House members in really safe Republican districts are getting up and going, well, how about we repeal the NFA? All of a sudden, that's like an acceptable piece of conversation. Uh, yeah. Even though everybody, uh, you know, the left wing media will come down like a ton of bricks and th- you're a crazy person. But now it's a thing that we're actually talking about uh, yeah. and actually putting forward legislation to do these things, even if even if you're going to fail. Right. Because that's that's good campaign material is, um, oh, hey, look, we tried to do stuff. And that guy over there is why we didn't get it done. And yeah. If you if you watch the left, this is what they do. Right. They you know, this individual person uh, opposed the Affordable care act going through in full you have to vote them out and Mm -hmm. they're pretty successful doing it and the right does none of this
0: yeah Uh, the other thing they're so great at is is staking claim to the moral high ground and i am not saying that we should do that that we should moralize every but i i get so annoyed by uh by surrendering that moral high ground and acting like their policies are what a quote unquote good person supports or a humane or a compassionate person. Almost every one of their policies involves violating people's basic rights. Hmm. Uh, Whether you're talking about theft, whether you're talking about violating their rights to defend themselves, whether you're talking, take your pick on the list of individual rights. They're all in favor of violating them. There's nothing moral about that. It's wildly immoral. It's fundamentally and objectively immoral. I wish we could take some of that. Uh, I wish we could get some of that or borrow some, some of that spirit of theirs and use it against them. It, we, we just seem to lay down for that one. You should go to D.C. on the 12th. <laughs> what's what, I don't even know what's going on on the 12th. What is it?
1: Uh, second stop, the Steel Rally in D.C. Uh, oh, I didn't
0: know there was a second one.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's um, I, I know, at least I personally have. Uh, at this point, probably 20, 30 creators that are planning on going, all kinds of stuff like that. It is, um, again, we're really bad at organization, so nobody ever talks about this. But yeah. having gone to the last one, I think you would be surprised how much that happens at an on-the-street level.
0: Hmm. How, how much what happens, specifically?
1: Uh, moralization. Um, and that these people are... Immoral for what they're doing
0: ah yeah i'd I'd like to see that i suppose uh I guess when i'm when I'm saying that, I think a lot of times like the establishment politicians, the members of Congress and things like that, like we just kind of accept that uh the squad and the rest of them are are moral, compassionate, humane actors though misguided, no, they are actually immoral uh terrible people <laughs> <laughs> we and we need to emphasize that. Uh, but I don't think, uh, I don't think the courage to do that is coming anytime soon.
1: Probably not. Uh, and we definitely do though. Um, <clears throat> I did say I would only keep you for half an hour and I'm already a minute late. So no problem. Is there, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to say on your way out?
0: No. Uh, other than, uh, if people are unfamiliar with my stuff, you can find it on the website of mine. That's Matt Christensen, Christensen, like the religion S E N. It's a very long name. Link's first thing in the description to
1: all of Matt's social media website, etc. Or at least everything that he gave me. Because these days it's impossible to keep up with everybody's social media that is everywhere. I mean,
0: you know, I I don't know about you, but I have like 4 million
1: social media accounts now.
0: Yeah, you can find the link (laughs) to all million of those accounts on, on the website for me. So that's the simplest way to find everything of mine. So...
1: Thank you, Matt, for uh, coming on down and talking to us. Hopefully, we'll see you guys in DC. Um, I think that about covers everything, except, of course, remember people, fight the progressives wherever you find them and fight them like your life depends on it, because it does.